I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the return of the show. My name is Abraham, and with me is my co-host, Ben. And today we're talking about the one, the only, Chainsaw Man. Yeah! That's a very good chainsaw sound effect, Abraham. Yes, I'm putting it in post because I actually have to return my soundboard. But that's a whole nother... That <laughs> oh, is a no! Whole, it's not because it doesn't work. It's just because I'm like, it's uh, the, the functionality is not as good as I hoped. But regardless... You, the listeners, do not have to worry about that for today. Uh, today we're talking about episode six, Kill Denji. There is indeed a motive to kill Denji in this episode. It, it is there. The, the episode is aptly named. There's two people who are trying to kill Denji, the Eternity Devil and Kobeni. So, you know, equal, equally as terrifying. Uh, really quick, I have to, we just got to quickly say, this is probably, if not the best anime of the year, and absolutely one of the best that's come out, I think, personally, in the past, I don't know, five years at least. I, I mean, it's so crisply animated. The way that they go about their shot listing and shot composition is, again, uniquely cinematic. There's not a single, like, standard shot, reverse shot throughout the entire show. Um, And then... Top it off with the sound design, like just quality of filmmaking is concerned. This is top notch. Every episode is like movie level quality. So, yeah, MAPPA is really, really flexing on this one. It's very nice to see something like this. And 
while the story for me, it hasn't quite hit that moment where I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. We're still in its really early stages and it's vastly entertaining and it's very enjoyable. So I, I have to give it props. We also got to talk about another thing because we were we were right. We called it again. We called it again. I'm just saying, if you if you need a podcast that's going to give you the right answers for theory crafting, it's us. Because we just spatball the Eter- we spatball the infinity devil, and there was an infinity sign, the eternity devil, the space and time. Like that was pretty much what we were dealing with in this episode. Yeah, a wild concept for sure. No, it was a. Uh, I, I think my favorite thing is you and I went. Oh, it could be that, and then we went. Nah, that's way too powerful for them to be dealing with right now. A like a uh, a devil based off of a concept. That's too much. Well, because we were when we were under the impression that this was going to be a lesser devil given powers by Gun Devil Flesh, but as we later learned in the episode, it was all a ruse. It was all fake. It was a trap. I will say, um, someone in our comment section on YouTube, which, by the way, you should check out the YouTube channel, did point out that we actually called the gun devil on episode one. You were like, we were trying to come up with scary devils and you were like, the gun devil. That's an easy one because people are afraid of guns. And and (laughs) And immediately it's right there. I mean, like, to be fair, though, if you're crafting a magic system that's based off of like objects or concepts that people are scared of become really powerful. I'm like, yeah, um, a gun thing would be horrifying. And then we got that. But um, I do want to talk about something a little bit lighter before we get into something. There's a very there's a very nice ship this episode that I very much enjoy. Yes, there is. Aki and Himeno. Um, I easy think, ship. Yeah. I, and I don't think that they're being coy with it either. Like this is um, this is one of the few instances where we see a relationship that's being displayed and it is coming off as like legitimate affection. It's not something that I think like fans really need to reach for with their shipping. Everything about this relationship between the two of them just feels incredibly intimate. And both of them are kind of lugging in trauma together that actually they're very good at sort of complimenting with each other, which I not to say trauma bonding is a good thing and I'm not insinuating that they are (laughs) trauma bonding, but they're both much more well informed as to each other's needs in a way that I think works really well for both the story and their representation on screen. Yeah. Aki standing up for Himeno, I think was the, the biggest indicator of that. And also we were talking about sound design earlier there was very subtle, like heartbeat, uh, like a heart palpitations growing after Aki, you know, did that gesture for Himeno. The fact that both of them, like, uh, that she is the one that is responsible for him smoking. Yep. Is another one. And that cut joke, by the way, where he literally goes from, This is the only cigarette that I will ever puff in my life. Hard cut to, Hey, do you have another cigarette in modern time? It was perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, like, they're just very, I completely feel for, like, whatever's going on in this relationship. We were also talking about this. Is there a party that cares for one more? Like, does Jimeno feel for Aki more, or does Aki care for Jimeno more? And I'd be willing to wager that Jimeno cares more for Aki than the other way around. At least romantically. Yes, romantically for sure. I think Aki definitely sees her as a friend and as a confidant. They are partners by work standards. And obviously, Himeno cares greatly 
for Aki's health and longevity, citing that like he still has things to live for, which I don't think is something that she really believes about herself, all things considered, based off of the fact that she even included that statement. That being said, one of the things that kind of throws me for a loop on this is Aki's relationship to Makima. Um, which we've only ever seen glimpses of, but seems very, very close to how Denji's relationship works as well. Aki is on a similar kind of leash that Denji is, though the outward appearance of it is... I think that Aki feels like he has more control over the, la- over the relationship with Makima than he really does. Uh, I will say, Denji's relationship is much more of... Um, again, they're a little coy with the ages of everyone, but just based off of emotional maturity... Denji's relationship to Makima is much more akin of someone being groomed, where mm-hmm. Aki's is much more a sign of someone that's being just manipulated on a more equal footing. There's a little bit more chess involved in that. Uh, he definitely does seem to think that he has more control, but the fact is that the second that she's like, only you could do this for me, he's like, yes, ma'am, and leaves it at that. He also like fixed his like appearance he like meticulously tried to fix his appearance before knocking on her door. I think that's something that we are going to see really often, actually, um, especially because, uh, again, with the whole side of this being deals with devils and a commentary specifically on transactional relationships and uh, more or less abusive relationships with that in mind and how that can be problematic. We are going to be boiling every character's relationship with Makima to a character that they are better suited for. And obviously this show is treating romance or um, sexuality as a part of that. So odds are we're going to be comparing the relationship between um, Himeno and Aki versus Aki and um, Makima somewhat often now that Himeno has been introduced. And also we haven't seen Himeno and uh, Makima on screen yet together, which will be a further indicator of all this. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a bomb a bomb of a scene to watch those two interact. Speaking of relationships, that and one that has really blossomed, I think, towards the end of this episode is Aki and Denji. You know, this whole episode surrounds Denji trying to be sacrificed by Kobeni, by the other devil hunters, by even, you know, Himeno. And if I'm being honest, I did not expect... I mean, it makes sense, but I was still shocked by Aki's willingness to put himself in between himself and Kobeni's blade. That was very, very surprising to me. And I, again, I, I very rarely have audible reactions when I'm watching things alone. That was another time where it happened. This and the cliffhanger. Yeah, I mean, it it does kind of make sense that you could be like, ah, he's, because we did see Aki's brother for a little bit, and Aki's little brother had some of the same sort of doofusy things that, uh, frankly, um, Denji has, which... If you lost a little brother, you might start projecting that on someone else. But he does put it very straightforward that it's like, even though he thinks Denji's a fucking idiot, there is a level of respect for him in the fact that he's willing to do something as gutsy as take on the gun devil. And also, Aki has a good idea that Denji does not fuck around when he fights. Like, he is competent. And he gives like a very analytical response to the motives of the Eternity Devil before he takes the plunge. Like, Denji is a lot more emotionally intelligent and just intelligent overall than, honestly, I gave him credit for. I thought that he was just, you know, 
like one brain cell dancing alone in a in a hollow brain skull tube. But no, he's he's got the he's got some gears turning in there for sure. I they're very dusty. Um but I like I definitely wouldn't put him on like level of emotional intelligence. I will say that he has been fighting devils for long enough that he understands a little bit of how they work. He's smart enough to see that like this guy clearly wants me dead and doesn't like pain. I'm going to do this to help you guys out, but also like clearly he fears me for some reason and wants you guys to kill me. So I'll just do it. I'm just going to do it and make it hurt. And I will say they're not like going full on. Like he's like my brother, you know, like I care about him. Like you're right that this is mostly motivated by Aki's need for revenge against the gun devil and him just taking on as many people as he can to try and take him down. However, I still think this is the first crack. And just like Himeno's relationship with Aki, I think we're going to see this one continue to grow and blossom as the show moves forward. Yeah. Also, he didn't refer to Denji. He referred to Denji as a human. Like multiple times this episode, which I wasn't expecting because mm, previously I didn't catch that. Yeah. Well, I, it just occurred to me. But um, it, yeah, when he said they had a whole thing of like, we're devil hunters. We only kill devils claiming Denji off the list. Oh, yeah. Previously, he had not been treating Denji that way. He had been treating Denji as like some sort of fiend or some sort of devil. He wasn't quite sure. He said, you don't have rights. In the last episode. Yes, he did. But like he he quickly changed on that. And perhaps it's the fact that Denji wants to kill the gun devil that sort of started to shift his perspective. But yeah, I, I do agree that there are cracks showing in how Aki feels about at least Denji. Now, power, on the other hand, we'll wait and see. I feel like power and Denji's relationship is going to help in Aki's claiming of her as another friend and person that he can rely on. But again... How they do that, time will tell. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We also finally got more characterization on the internet's favorite character, Kobeni. Uh, I think that out of any character in the show, I have seen her memed to the fucking moon the Kobeni dance, as it, as they as they call it, where it's like bumping music, like make that shit bounce, 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 and then it's like a picture of her, like horrend, like crying horrendously, but doing the cutest anime dance ever. It's so I jarring have not and weird. seen these. I'll send this to you. It's so fucking weird, and I'm not gonna lie, I get it. I get the love. I see what. 
What about you? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm going to go the other way, actually. I kind of don't like what they're doing, Kobeni, here. Again, I said this at the beginning, but the way that this show treats women, I am looking at with a little bit more of a critical eye. She does somewhat go into a sort of like previous sort of crybaby, like incompetent stereotype. She's not a full-blown Sakura because we haven't seen her fight, but she is definitely not cut out for the role. Uh, now, unlike, th this is really important to avoiding the Sakura trope, but unlike other characters that exist within the sort of like incompetent woman in a man's world anime trope, she does not want to be here. Yeah, she actively, that's the thing. She's she, like actively like, I hate it here. I don't want to be here. It's, she cries at everything. I, I will say there's also like this other weird innuendo of like, either I had to become a devil hunter or a sex worker. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that was weird that, as fuck. that's like, okay, that's super. I do not understand what the author was getting at there. Uh, because there are other demeaning jobs, and also, uh, new, I hate to break it to people, but newsflash, sex workers make a lot of money. Maybe that's a commentary on how people view devil hunters in this world? That's the only thing that popped in my head, but, like, I, I need further world building. Like, stop and, like, I need someone to stop and explain why those were her two <laughs> options. Um, like, yeah, there, she was going into such a such a rant about how she also wanted to go to college and that she had to do this to support her brother that like and again i hear what you're saying because there absolutely is this critique with this trope of a character but i think for me the reason why i was not and just like how denji like i was not so off put with denji's characterization and the reason why is just because i'm so off balance from what i normally see in anime that I have to give it a pause. Yeah, and again, nothing that I'm saying about it is like a, it's like, oh, this show's sexist. And like, funny enough, as long as the show's been going on, um, a lot of the women are extremely well-written. So I'm not really, I, I, this show is not giving me the normal anime problems. I do think that the show is just wildly horny, and that might be it. It might just be wildly horny. I, I Yeah, I think... This is another wait and see type character. I think that they're going to. I need to know more about in. her brother. I need to know more about her family now. That, like, there's yeah. so many wild implications just from the two sentences <laughs> that she gave. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like I'm like interesting. We are not leaving that alone. Yeah, like, we need this. to know what's your home life. Where are yeah, you from? Like, do you, do you feel safe? Do you need to also be living in Aki's apartment? What's happening? Like that's what was going on in my head. <laughs> another roommate. Yep. Hey, hey, Aki, you've got another one. This one instead is having a bad home life and just needs to leave the house for a normal reason. Well, not a normal reason, a pretty fucked up reason, if I'm understanding the implications of her home life correctly. But yes, it was also very I, I wouldn't say out of and it's not out of character. And but it is strange just how willing she was to go and kill Denji. Nah, I don't think that was strange at all, because here's the thing. I would have done that shit. Not strange as in like it didn't make sense. But again, just like how they are spewing this characterization, I was just not expecting it to happen in the way that it did or to be presented in the way that it did, if that makes sense. These characters are are somehow simple and yet much more... It's not as simple as, oh, she's incompetent 
and she can't do anything. You know what I mean? Like, there's also, like, just the baseline fear that she has for the job. No, okay, so this is actually, um, like, we're oh, we're going into Kobani way more than I thought we would this episode, and I do want to talk about the Chainsaw Devil, but I have a, I have a theory for this based off of a couple lines of dialogue that we've gotten. So first off, when we first met Kobene and they did like the um, they did like the sort of cut with voiceover of just like Kobene, she's super timid, but she's extremely competent. And then the line in the uh, flashback earlier when Aki and Himeno were on their little uh, like post mission date and eating food and stealing food from each other and being all cute and shit. There was a line about like what devil hunter, what devils really fear are not devil hunters that are good, but devil hunters that have a screw loose. Oh, yeah. Oh, so she might be dangerous. Yeah. The third thing here, let's let's back up to the like either she becomes a sex worker or she becomes a devil hunter situation. And like, let's say that this is a commentary on how expensive school is, because, again, sex workers make a decent amount of money. If devil hunters also make a decent amount of money because they do something extremely dangerous, then there is a possibility that her only two options were either sex work because it makes a lot of money and you could do it as a beautiful woman if that was something that you could do, then, like, that's one thing. But if it was the only other option was devil hunting because homegirl is insane and will destroy everything in sight, then that better explains the binary between the two. Yeah, so maybe she's just like a sleeper, <laughs> like a like a like a deep like we. She's not even she was not even on my radar until you said that, and then I thought, wait a minute, that's genius for her to be the strongest character. Yeah, like there there's a possibility that she's just like insane. Maybe not the strongest character, but like just crazy powerful enough and like insane and like only a human crazy devil hunter could be. In order for it to hit that mode. I'm excited to see that. Before we move on to the next thing, because we do got to move on to really big stuff. The funniest thing that happened in this episode was in the opening. was right before the opening when Jimeno says to Kobeni, quick, Kobeni, make a double peace sign and wait right here. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like crying while doing a double peace. She, I, I will say she's enjoyable. Um, Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of fun gags with her. Uh, it's just a wait and see thing for me. I got to see what else the fuck is going on. Of course. There, there's so, I have so many questions about her. Unlike the simp in the group who shall remain just the background simp. I don't care about him. So we're not going to talk about the other guy. I thought he was going to die this episode and I'm sad he didn't, but let's move on. Well, let's move on to the thing that we called last week, uh, just randomly. We got the reveal of who is controlling this hotel, Who's keeping them trapped on the eighth floor? Who's keeping time stuck at, I believe, like 8.28 p.m.? 8.18, I think it was. 8.18, yep. It is the Eternity Devil. And we got a lot of subtle hints for their motivation in this episode. Like, And it was all something just, it was just completely under the radar, and you really have to, like, take the extra second to go, wait a minute, what the fuck does this mean? So we first know that this eternity devil knows about the chainsaw apart from denji so yes it, it is aware of the chainsaw devil as an entity it also knows that the heart of denji is pochita because he calls into reference that he wants his heart 
he's also afraid of him. And finally, we are kind of led to believe that this whole thing was a trap for the Eternity Devil to capture Pochita. So, the big question is, what the fuck does this all mean for Denji and really Pochita? There was specifically a line of like, this is my stomach, my heart is not on this floor, which implies that the heart is the ultimate weak spot of the devil or the ultimate sort of core of the devil, which of course is, it makes sense. It makes sense why in that case, Pochita becoming Denji's heart then allowed Denji to essentially be the chainsaw devil while also maintaining his humanity. The other sort of question here on like sort of like base motive is like what we know that he doesn't specifically want Denji dead. He wants to eat Denji's heart, which would be Pochita. So the other question, just baseline magic system is what happens when a devil truly eats another devil? Because we've seen one eat power and her cat, but power obviously wasn't fully digested because they pulled her and uh and Meowie out. So Yeah, like do you digest and like is it a slow absorption over time? Do you like become a compound devil? Would it become the eternal chainsaw devil? That's a terrifying that's just that terrifying. infinity sign with uh chainsaws, the entire uh the entire hotel turns into chainsaw hotel. Like, I, I don't quite know what's going on there, but this this gets even weirder because if you're comparing a chainsaw, which is, you know, frightening, but if you're comparing that to the concept of eternity. Yeah, they're not the same at all. Yeah, and we know how the power scaling in this universe works. So what is it about Pochita that sets him apart and has put this much of a target on this little furry dog with a chainsaw on its head? Yeah, we, we're given an explanation like the more that they're feared, the more powerful they become. So naturally, this concept of eternity should be more powerful than the concept of a chainsaw. That being said, it's interesting, though, because the concept of a chainsaw should, on the other hand, be way more intimidating and scary than a cute puppy dog with a chainsaw on its head. There's so many inconsistencies, specifically with Pochita. I, it just doesn't make sense. Like, Makima, like, is aware of Denji and Pochita and, like, the situation that happened, correct? Yes. Like, she, he told her all about this. But we never, like, really call into question, like, how, like, Makima doesn't really react as strongly as these devils are. If Pochita is as strong as the devils are implying that he is, then why is it that the Makima, and really all of the de devil hunters, why aren't they on the same page as far as him being able to conjure chainsaws? Every time that Denji says that he's going to summon the chainsaws, a new character will say, chainsaws as if they don't even understand what the fuck he's talking about so i do think that denji within the organization has been kept close to the chest that being said i thought the entire group oh wait no he was not in full chainsaw man mode when they um when aki saved him he was only like in half chainsaw man mode yeah but you would still see a chainsaw poking out of your forehead so i don't think that the organization knows what the chainsaw devil is for some reason it's not on the radar that being said Makima and the higher ups might. Uh, it, like, there's no way, based off of the conversations that, that they've had about like devils being weaponized in X places, that they do not at least have an idea of what's going on. Especially, we know that there are symbiotic relationships between devils and humans in certain cases, i.e., the contracts. So, 
someone has to know something that's in a different position. But the real question is, again, like, why is Pochita not being, it, like, has never on screen been displayed as this power that clearly the devils think that he is, or at least the eternity devil, who I can only assume knows a lot. Yeah. You were also kind of speculating about the origins of Pochita. I think you postulated if Pochita was previously a fiend. And th that's kind of, and we, again, we don't know everything about fiends. Can a devil inhabit more than one fiend, uh, more than one human body at a time? Can they jump from body to body once their host dies? Like what? There's just so much in the air that we don't know that it's hard to nail it down. Yeah, I think that the implication is that um, devils can only do one body at a time. That they'll pick a body, become it encased in that body, and for whatever reasons, they may prefer it that way. Either in sort of name of the human that was with them previously, or in order to be able to better blend in with human society. There's a lot of potential reasons for that. However, we also know that the fiends will be easy, somewhat easy to spot out. So there's only a certain layer of how usable that is. If chainsaws are feared, but it seems like Pochisa is at least feared by other devils in this situation. What is going on to make him seem less powerful? Is it that he was injured and just never fully came back to strength because the deal that he made with Denji, like, wasn't actually that good of a deal. He didn't get enough blood to come back in full. Or uh, alternatively, if devils fear you, do you somehow become weaker or more humane? Because Pochich is very docile. That's another thing, actually. The deal that Denji made with Pochita, or rather that Pochita made with Denji, there was another line of dialogue that I just realized that Aki says when he's figuring out the motivations for the Eternity Devil. Aki says... If he wants Denji, it's because it benefits him. Yes. Deals with devils basically imply that there is a, like, something that the devil is going to get out of it, like it benefits them. Now, on the one hand, it would be nice if Pochita was just a devil who was like, yeah, I'm your friend, I don't want anything ever, and I'm just going to repay you the favor. And I'm not suggesting that there's anything sinister with the deal that was made with denji at all but we now have to consider that the deal that they made was a contract yes a binding contract like within this world of magic which then kind of goes into okay if pochita is giving denji another chance at life what does pochita gain out of that is it the fact that now he embodies this you know like de fear of devils or the like, is Pochita like a being that, like, d that devil's fear? Is it that simple? I mean, we do have some implications that there is organization within devils to some extent, although it seems like the humans have not quite cracked it yet. Um, so it is possible that maybe at some point there was devil infighting and Pochita was on the other end of it, and perhaps the humans aren't aware of it because this was just not a battle that they were involved in. Perhaps Pochita was fucking going like perhaps Pochita was like at some point much more powerful chopping down devils uh for whatever bullshit they were doing and is feared by devils because of that. what if he's the blade of devils like he is a devil feared by devils like that's the, possible like the cop enforcer who's like 
if you ever get too far out of line, I cut you down kind of deal. That's possible. And perhaps uh, part of that would explain sort of uh, Pochita's sort of soft cuddliness. The fact that it's not um, a, that it wasn't like an immediate kill Denji on site type deal, not inherently super scary to humans. For all we knew, Pochita like had another form that could have been stupid powerful that he just never used. That's another thing you just said. If OK, it, if OK. Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. I just, I just uh, okay. Are that. you about to have a big brain moment, buddy? Maybe. It's maybe, maybe. Devils get their power based on the fear of humans, correct? Yes. And we saw this in like live, in, in like in real time when Kobeni started to get more and more exacerbated, the devil grew stronger and yes. bigger. But if other devils are afraid of Pochita, would that mean that he's null to that rule? I'm not sure. I don't know if it, like, would make him weaker. I don't know if it makes him, like, friendlier. Like, there there are questions to have about that, but, like, we definitely know that at least the Chainsaw Devil is something to be feared by devils. Yeah. And you know what's, you know what else is crazy about this whole episode? Not one of the characters are addressing this information. So I will say, I do think that in like the episodes to come, they may start going, huh, we really should have asked more questions, but the Eternity Devil's dead now or gone, so we can't. Okay, yeah, they might. I don't think Aki or Himeno are dumb enough to leave it alone. I do think everyone else is, though. Um, mm. Power could care less, and um, so and so could uh, Kobane and Simp. I love how we're not even giving him a name. He doesn't get a name until he gets actual characterization. Facts. I think Aki will clock it. I think Himeno will clock it. Um, but right now, they're just much more focused on getting on staying alive. And Himeno was much more focused on making sure that Aki did not fuck up the rest of his life by using that sword, which I can only assume is related to another devil contract. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear, like. I think it takes part of his life to do so. Yeah. As far as like whether or not the characters are going to catch it, just because of how the episode ended with uh, Aki going in front of the dagger and really giving this emotional beat about how he just wants anybody who will help him get revenge. And also Himeno really wrapped up in her feelings for Aki. My fear is that they will be so wrapped up in the emotions of it that they won't be able to nail anything down. And I don't think that that's going to affect the episodes to come. I still think that the show is going to be fun and entertaining. Yeah. I guess my fear is that in the grand scheme of the season, I'm worried that they're not going to make any progress with really, you know, leveling with these mysteries that are roaming in our heads. I don't think that they're because they left too many leads. I think that the writer at this point is smart enough to know to not just bury it uh, without explanation. I think that they may go, ah, fuck, it would be really good if we could have figured out more about what was going on. There's definitely something going on with Chainsaw over here, but that's as far as we can go. And also, this is the only devil that's shown interest. Power had no idea what the Chainsaw Devil was, and neither did the Bat or the uh, Leech. So True. this is not a like devil-wide phenomena that Pochita's a problem. This is a really powerful devil phenomena. Which yeah, so maybe worse. are we gonna get are we gonna get more and more of these existential and nebulous fears rather than concrete ones? Like, are we gonna get the fear devil? The fear devil sounds like it's the final boss for the entire series. Like, uh, maybe, that's... yeah. 
or like not even the fear devil like um like what's a concept that everybody's afraid of the death devil yeah no that's possible you know there's just so many things that i that's one thing i do love about this show is that for how simple and stupid i thought the first two episodes were like this show more than any other show i think right now has got my brain like firing on all cylinders trying to figure out the greater mystery it's a smart magic system it's really simple it's intuitive it doesn't sort of like break the game so to speak like it's not going to be really easy to hand it to a character and then they can just solve all the problems it favors the antagonist it's this is really good for sewing mystery so i i'm thoroughly happy with the show right now on that front Again, I'm kind of waiting and seeing on a couple things, but so far I I've just been very pleased. Hell yeah! I, I kind of in the same boat with you, and this is the halfway point of the season. I hope the second half is just as crazy and thoughtful as this first half has been. I guess for those of you at home listening, let us know what your thoughts are on this episode of Chainsaw Man. Did you enjoy it as much as we did? And do you love Kobeni as much as I do? <laughs> I mean, maybe not as much. <laughs> I know Ben is maybe not as favorable, but hey, I'm a sucker for for funny characters, I guess. Uh, just let us know your thoughts down in the comment section below. Make sure to give us a good rating on all the websites where you can find podcasts. My name is Abraham. That has been Ben. And this is the return of the show. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> I will. I hope I can get my soundboard fixed by next time so I can have a chainsaw sound effect. Oh, is it like properly uh, it, like having problems? It's just the software. It's okay. These people don't care. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>